0: If you love the blue and white like we do, and you like to stay up to date on what's going on around Ripley High School athletics, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and turn on your notifications. Welcome back inside episode 53 of Viking 360. It's postseason play on the horizon for Viking basketball. We start off, however, with a renewal of the Ravenswood and Ripley rivalry, which will be Tuesday this week. We had a conversation with Ravenswood head coach, Mick Price, as well as Ripley Viking assistant boys coach, Steve Hunt. Then on Wednesday, the Lady Vikings will tip off sectional play at Parkersburg South we sat down with Lady Viking Jr. Lauren Rouse to discuss that ball game, as well as a look at the Wrestling State Championship coming up this weekend
1: with Ripley Viking wrestler Matt Moore. Tuesday night, it's the hatchet on the hardwood as the Vikings take on the Red Devils, and he's been around for many of those battles. Here's a talk with Ravenswood head coach Mick Price.
0: All right, welcome back inside
1: Viking 360. I'm
0: joined now by a good friend of mine, a good friend of the show, a nemesis on the basketball court for the Viking Nation, but a good friend off of it, and that's Ravenswood head coach Mick Price. Coach, thanks for being with me.
2: Thanks, Brian. I always appreciate hearing you guys and listening to you guys. You guys do a wonderful job for high school basketball. I just think your promotion that you guys do, getting the word out to some people who can't get there whether they're illnesses or work or whatever, and you guys give them an avenue that uh, they can teach up with the high school kids. And I just think it's a great.
0: We appreciate that, Coach. Uh, but uh, we got a big game coming up, man. Uh, we don't get these quite as often now as we used to. We used to play two a year. Now we got one a year. We haven't been to the pit for a couple of years. And we're headed over there on Tuesday night and looking forward to it. Tell us where your team is right now and, and uh, what the Viking fans can expect to see out of the Red Devils.
2: Well, uh, we're 10 and 11 right now, and we've really been trying to keep our head above the water. Uh, We have a couple of experienced kids on the court, but mostly inexperienced varsity basketball kids on the court. And uh, we've been trying to find our niche throughout the season, trying to find what kids can do what in what rotation. And it's been quite a learning experience along the way. Um, I think that we dropped some games that we shouldn't have. And uh, you know, some of that has to do with learning experiences. Some of that has to do with, hey, kids don't aren't playing the way they need to play every night. And some of them's had to learn tough lesson. And when you get an L because of it, you got to learn because of it. And so, uh, hopefully, as tournament time comes around, uh, we're playing the type of basketball that you need to play at that time of year. Because if not, you're done. And uh, you know, I've tried to emphasize that to the kids. Hey, listen, this is uh, the time of the year where you just you know. It's not good enough to say my bad anymore. It's not good enough. You know, you're done. And, you know, if you want to be successful and you want to have a you know successful season, you got to keep playing.
0: Well, it's always been that way, though, Coach. Uh, you know, maybe the finality a little bit different now that uh, if you win that one first game in your section, you're basically guaranteed two more games. And, you know... Uh, It always wasn't that way. Tell me your thoughts on the new uh, setup uh, over the last few years of of postseason play.
2: Well, you know, the original thought thought was Rick Green and Mark Hatch and I presented this to the SSAC, to the Board of Control. And um, we didn't really want it the way it is right now. We wanted it 1 through 16. And you rank it, you know, teams 1 through 16. And it would be just like football. You know, Team 16 is going to go to one. Team 15, this, is at, this is up to the end of your sectionals because at the end of your section, you're going to have two teams playing for sectional championship. So when you get to that, it stops. And then now there's 16 teams left in, this, in each class, and you rank them. Well, there was a lot of um, sentiment in the room that that's not a good thing for some of the schools because I can remember Martinsburg and Hedgesville saying it's not good for us because when Martinsburg plays Hedgesville – the gate in basketball is bigger than all they make at Hedgesville and football the whole season. So, you know, that was a main thing. You know, it's funny in life how everything always comes down to money. <laughs> and, you know, and they can say what you want.
0: <laughs> right. You, want. you know, so, you, you know, know that I'm is just, that is a strange thing. You know, it's supposed to be about the kids and it's supposed to be about what's best for them. But as you said... Uh, it does come down to the almighty dollar, and and that, in a lot of instances, Coach, is not the best thing for the kids.
2: Well, we, you know, look, I'm a basketball purist. When I go to the state tournament, I want to see the eight best teams there in double-A, single-A, and triple-A. I don't want to see a 40-point blowout. I don't want to see one. Just because your team is your region, there might be two or three teams in your area that's better than some of the other teams. Well, once we were told we just can't do that, Said, I'll tell you what you guys got another plan here you see what you can do we had about 20 minutes to come up and says well you don't have to win you don't have to win your regional and wrestling to go you don't have to win in track to go you don't have to win in swimming to go you don't have to you know you can get in baseball's a double elimination in many of them so we decided to present the plan the way it is if you get beat in your sectional final you'll go play the other team that won the section in your region and then vice versa and that way, if you have two really good teams in one section, and there are some areas in our state that have two really good teams and maybe the other section's not as good, then both those teams still have a, an opportunity to go to the state tournament. So that's how that all came about. Now, is it, is it good? Well, this is the thing that I would say about it. I would say that there's been several times that there's been two pretty good teams just that's in one section that's advanced because of this, this rule. But as I told you before, I think everybody wanted to see 1 through 16. Just rank them, 1 through 16, put it on TV, let Mark Martin and the boys go at it, just like they do the NCAA tournament. No one knows who they play. No one knows where they go and announce it on Sunday evening. And I just thought it would make so much excitement around it. But, uh, you know, it couldn't be done like that. So that's why we are in the situation that we have now. Is it the the best? Maybe not. But it's better than a whole lot of other things where you have – Two great teams in one section, and one of them doesn't even get to go to the states because and the other region region is so weak that you know you know they come in here with an eight and fifteen record and you know they haven't played anybody and they get blown out by forty. Nobody wants to see that.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think there's any question. A show like that, a selection type. Show would would just be off the charts. I think people would really get excited about that. Coach, tell me tell me about uh, Ripley. Um, Ripley, you may, you may be catching them at a bad time right now. They're really starting to play some pretty good basketball. Uh, I know you've scouted them a little bit. Uh, give me your analysis without giving away the 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 farm or whatever the the ravenswood game plan is. Tell us what you think about the Vikes.
2: Well, first of all, I think Luke and Derek and Steve have all done a really good job. You know. Putting this team together, I, I think they've got you've got kids that can play at a lot of different positions. You've got athletic kids at a lot of different positions, and they may have one of the best high school basketball players in the state in all classes. And Todd Johnson, I mean, you know, he is uh, you know you have a kid with his size that can defend the rim, that can offensively get rebounds, that can intimidate teams from coming to the rim simply because of block shots. Uh, averages about eighteen points a game, and you know, it changes the game. A guy like that. Not, Well, I don't. I don't know anything about it. We haven't had anybody like that, so I don't. I don't know anything about having a big guy. Our biggest guy's six foot. So, you know, we don't know anything about that. We played without it all year, so it's just something we've had to learn to do without. He changes the whole game, but it's just not him on that team. I mean, I think Fowley's. I think Shoals is playing as good as I've seen him play ever. Uh, I think he's playing with tremendous confidence shooting the ball well, doing what he needs to do. And Tobias has worked at it, so I know he has. And so he's really playing well. But um, that's not to take anything away from Fowdy and Robertson, and Casto, and Luke Johnson coming off the bench because they've all played well too. So if you put too much emphasis on Ty Johnson, those guys will kill you at the three. If you put too much emphasis on the outside, well, it just depends on how many times Ty Johnson gets the ball as to how many times he's going to score. So they're a tough matchup and they're just- uh, specifically tough matchup for us simply because we just really don't have any inside game this year to uh, match that. And we've been hurt this year by teams who've had dominant size on us.
0: Coach, you've been, you've been around the game a few years. and It just strikes me about basketball, much like football. I don't care how the schemes change, all of the, the nuances uh, on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. In football, you, you have to be able to run the ball, and you have to be able to stop the run if you win. In basketball, you still have to make shots. I don't care how big or small you are, shot makers can still win you games.
2: Uh, that's, a, that's a great analysis, Brian, because I've used it to many people in the comparison of it in football and basketball. I said, you know what, if you've got a team that can run the football and you've got a good defensive group, you're eventually going to take your toll on, the opposite, on your opponent you're eventually going to take your toll on them and and the better and the better team is usually going to win a game like that but you're right you can be 22 and0 and you don't make shots and you've let a team that's own 22 write right the game and then they catch fire because they get a little momentum and they get confidence and next thing you know you know it's Katie bar the door so in basketball you everybody says well you got kids that can shoot it I don't want kids that can shoot it Good Lord, I can go on the playground and find kids that can <laughs> shoot. I want kids that can make it. Right, you know, it's, I, it's a huge difference, I'm, Coach. I can shoot that shot. No kidding. I've <laughs> seen you miss a bunch of. them. I've seen you shoot. How about shooting where you can make it? I, that makes the difference.
0: I've heard coaches say there's a difference between shot makers and shot takers, and and uh, sure. you've always had a lot of shot makers over there in Ravenswood for the most part.
2: Well, we've we've been real blessed over the years. We've we, we've had had, and you know we, it's been tough the last couple of years because we knew that we didn't have near the number of kids that was going to be involved uh, that had played before. And so we've, you know, we've suffered a little bit because of it, but we're trying to get through it. But, uh, you know, we've got some young ones coming, and we're hoping that we can
0: keep them in the system, build a, a program that those guys can be successful in. Coach, you uh, got your name on the floor over there at Ravenswood. Not often that happens. Not often we face a, a head coach that has his name on the floor that's still actively coaching. We've faced two guys from your coaching tree this year, one in Brett Rector, and we hope to face him again in the sectional play, and also Taylor Woods at Riverside. Tell me about those guys.
2: Well, you're talking about two of the two of the better ones that really had a passion for the game of basketball, clear back to their earliest days. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's it been fun watching them progress as they've come up, uh, not only just through here at Ravenswood, but going on to college and, and how they've really been a disciple of the game and going to – Clinics and coaches, and calling up on the phone and saying, Coach, we're facing a 1 3 1. Coach, we're facing a 1 2 2. They like to back this guy off. We've talked about a multitude of things over the years. And it's just really fun to have a relationship with both those guys. Uh, they're both in two different situations. You know, Brett's in a situation of Parkersburg South where, you know, he can expand on what they've had. They've always had extremely good basketball. And with Brett's uh, attention to detail on defense, and the way that he is, uh, the way he coaches, I just think he's going to make them a really tough team. And then Taylor's in a situation in a triple-A program that, you know, they're playing triple-A competition, but they don't have a triple-A kids playing. I mean, he's going to have to build it from the foundation. It's going to take a while, but he's been willing to step in there and do that. You know, if the people and the parents will understand that it's going to take more than making sure your kid gets 20 shots a game and he's the leading scorer in tonight's game it's it's going to take a complete revamp and both of them are are the type of personalities that they're going to get it done at their schools and you know it makes me proud uh to think that they came through here and we talked a lot and often and sometimes i just want to sit back and say are you listening to what you're saying because when you play for me you know, you know, these are the questions that
0: you might have gone out and thought, what is he talking about? Well, now you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Coach, uh, I really appreciate your time, buddy. We really look forward to seeing you Tuesday. And uh, always, uh, it's a fun game. It'll be a tough matchup for the Vikings. And um, thanks for being so gracious for, with your time. It, it was tough for you and I getting connected uh, to do this interview. And you're always real patient and, and able to uh, hang in there with me. And I appreciate it, Coach, always.
2: Hey, anything for you guys. You guys do such a great job, and always appreciate working with you, and I hope we can meet the task on Tuesday night. Uh, and uh, if we can get some guys to get a little confidence early in the game, I think it'll, it'll make a difference, and we're gonna, we'll give it our best shot. And wherever she lands, she lands.
0: All right, Coach, thanks, man. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you Tuesday night. Take
2: care, Brian. You take care.
0: You too, buddy. Thanks. <laughs>
1: Steve Hunt has looked at this Ripley-Ravenswood rivalry from many different perspectives as a Viking player, as a Viking uh, coach, and as a Viking parent. Hey, welcome back
0: inside Viking 360. I'm joined now by a friend of mine and a friend of the show, a guy who knows a little bit about coaching some basketball. It's uh, Viking assistant coach Steve Hunt. Coach, thanks for being with me.
3: Glad to be here. Glad to talk to you.
0: Coach, uh, you have uh, probably been involved with this Ravenswood rivalry at about every level possible when you look at playing in it, coaching in it from the boys' and girls' side, and your son playing in it, and your daughter playing in it. Uh, when you look at, the, at this game on all those different levels, uh, what does a game like the Ravenswood rivalry mean to you?
3: Uh, it's always a fun game. It, it kind of got started with me way back just after we talked here for a second that I coached middle school girls along long time ago, like when Mary Beth Varney and some of those were playing over there. And they had like a 50-some game winning streak. And uh, we we ended up beating them in, a champ- in the conference championship game, which broke like a 53-game winning streak. And it was always just – but we were always close. And that kind of got me started a little bit even more after the high school. In high school, you know, it's the one game in high school back then at least uh, that you just – you look forward to it's just a fun atmosphere every time and even in middle school back in those games it was just it was fun and stuff and still yet and then Ravenswood always has good teams and stuff and I think when I started coaching though that it changed a little bit as far as the one game you know you you have to beat Ravenswood my focus was always on beating Capital or Parsburg South or something that's who I wanted to to beat to and stuff, But it was still fun. It's just like I'm not losing to Ravenswood. One thing I always kind of hang my hat on is the girls' coach and the one game I was head coach with the boys, I never lost to Ravenswood. Yeah. So that I'm always yeah, kind of proud of that yeah. fact that I just we didn't lose. But we were pretty good. <laughs> yeah. What, what's more
0: difficult, playing in it, coaching in it, or watching your kids play in it?
3: Wow, that's a good question. Um, Probably watching kids yeah. and stuff and just – as a coach, you kind of can – you have a little bit of control about what you're doing and what you want to be done as a right. – as a, well, I was coaching Jameson, but still, yeah, you still don't have as much control as you would right. like, but it's just – you know, you want them to play well in it and because yeah. and it's it's everybody in the county is watching this stuff. And, uh, yes, yeah, it's a little more difficult watching your kids and stuff, but – They make me nervous anyway.
0: (laughs) Talk about the respect factor between you guys and Mick Price. I talked to him as well. He speaks glowingly of you guys, and and he's he's a great coach, a guy I have a lot of respect for. He's done – a great uh, job over there. But talk about what it's like to coach against a guy that uh, you respect and you want to beat. I mean, obviously, people you really like, uh, you want to beat them. I mean, even though you are friends, uh, talk about that aspect.
3: Yeah, they keep score. You, you want to win. Uh, <laughs> so I go back a long way with Mick. Mick came to Ravenswood my senior year of high school. Okay. So I don't know if that makes me older, him older, <laughs> or what. But, but, you know, he's been around a long time. And, and actually, i you, I can't remember for, for a fact but I'm pretty sure he beat us both games by like they were really close games two four points my senior year um so you, you know you gain a lot of respect for him then but he's gosh he's a great coach and's done amazing things over there and got his name on the floor I mean you can't beat that right. and stuff so I mean I do I got a lot of respect and I almost went and worked for Mick when I first came out of college and stuff but Back then, it was a little hard to get over the fact that I'm leaving Ripley to go coach at Ravenswood and stuff, and and the things opened up, but, you know, God's worked it out in my life. But, you know, I I knew Mick was such a good coach then that I really thought about uh, he's a guy that I can really grow under and learn and and stuff, but just never had that opportunity. But just on the outside looking in, he's done great things over there, and it's always fun to to play against somebody like that and then have a chance to beat a coach that is knowledgeable and is – has won as many games as he has.
0: Well, coach, you've uh, coached a few games as well. You and I were talking uh, before we got in this interview, where it all started for you, and um, it, run that down. Uh, you you chose Ripley uh, to stay here. You wanted some roots. You talked about being a coach and it being difficult to uh, really establish any roots, and you did that here at Ripley. and And talk a little bit about where it all started for you and, and where we are now.
3: Okay. Well, I just trying to think back, um, I think really I started as I was a manager and stuff at, at Marshall. Yeah, I wanted to play in college, and I probably could have played at Glenville if I would have stayed there. But I just it was a small school, and I was ready to go to a big school and went to Marshall and got involved with basketball there. And um, through all that, just met some people, and I went and worked with uh, Tex Williams at AB for a year, and that led to being, going back to Marshall as a grad assistant. Um, what a fun year that was, and stuff. And then I came back here for a couple of years and actually coached the middle school girls and middle school boys, and, and helped with the high school level too. Just I was trying to. Back then, it was really hard to find a coaching job, so I just had to take. You know, I never thought I would go from Marshall to middle school boys, but it, and it was fun or middle school girls, but um, which led me to going to state. And I was out state for uh, ten years, and uh, was the interim head coach the last year. And had the opportunity to be the head coach and it's like we were talking earlier my wife had just got in dentist practice here and stuff and we talked and prayed over stuff and just like you know if I get this job and down the road we end up losing or something and I get fired or whatever then we got to move right. and you know we're both from Ripley and love Ripley and love mm-hmm. being here and family's here and friends and stuff and stuff and it's just like Hey, I mean, it's not meant to be. Just I stayed in Ripley. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've been coaching. this. So I took the to, left state and took the girls' job here for 10 years, which was a big, big transition going from coaching college athletic <laughs> boys to mm-hmm. high school girls. But, um, man, God blessed me with some great teams. I had some really, really good teams, and it was fun. I never thought coaching girls when I first started that I'd ever do it. But, man, what – what a great 10 years of my life with I spent with them. And then I've been – new Jameson was coming up, and I kind of want to get back on the boys' side. And me and Justin Frazier kind of switched out, and I've been with the boys since 2010. So I've been in this a lot longer than I want to admit. <laughs> <laughs> Coach,
0: talk about this team. Uh, they're really starting to play some good basketball right now, and it feels like – they probably have as good of a shot as as moving forward in the postseason as Jameson's group did when he was there and uh, uh, maybe some of the other school uh, teams in the school in the past. Uh, the, the sections may be not quite as difficult and the region maybe even looks a little more doable now maybe than the section does.
3: Right yeah this is a, a great situation for us this year. I mean we we're good and there's no dominant team or or dominant teams like when and Jamison and Chase and Luke and those guys, man, Beckley was loaded and Capital was loaded and Greenbrier East had two Division One players on their team and, and stuff, and it was just so hard. But, I mean, there are good teams out there. You know, Parsburg South is really good with Brett Rector and doing a great job coaching, and Huntington's good, Cabell Midland. But we've been right there with every team, you know, of course we beat Parkersburg, which was great being down 15 and come back. And I think that was a game that really kind of helped us um, even grow even more and know that we're not bad, you know, that we have a chance. And I think here lately we've been playing really well. I think we're playing ties really starting to come on and getting a little more aggressive, like going to the basket and scoring. And, and then you have Carter scoring one night and uh, Tobias the next. And I – uh Robertson and and uh, Fowdy, Fowdy doing Fowdy, what Fowdy does mm-hmm. and stuff. So, I mean, we got all the pieces there. We just, if we put a – you know, like I said, we beat Parkersburg. You know, we got to beat Parkersburg first. When we get there, then basically you just got to win one game. Right. You mean you win Tuesday night. Yeah, the Friday night game is important for the home court and stuff. But, again, if we go on the road and have to play uh, Huntington or – Capital Midland. I don't. We're not going to be shell shocked. That's a win. A very winnable game. That if we just put everything together, and uh, and and play well, that we really have a legit chance of going to the state tournament this year.
0: Talk about your role, coach. Uh, you got a couple of young bucks on that bench, and in, in Luke and Derek, both good coaches, uh, but still pretty young, and and working on the experience side of it. You kind of become the voice of reason for them a little bit from time to time. Talk about that.
3: Um, I feel like the well, I guess I am old enough to be their dads, but because uh, I graduated with Happy Joe and Steve, was played ball with Steve. So, um, yeah, I just I still love coaching. I'm only only fifty eight years old. So, um, and last year, after my little you know thing with the lung cancer and stuff, last year it's really changed my perspective of coaching and everything. I'm a lot calmer. I was talking to a couple of my girls players lately I was like y'all would probably like me a lot better now than <laughs> than them but I just you know when I told Luke I still wanted to coach I mean he's really let me get involved and he takes my opinion and I tell him all the time like you don't have to do everything I say and I don't expect you to I just I'm here to help you grow as a coach and stuff because when I coached the girls here and stuff I had uh Dan Barnett at Coach Fears and Butch Varney was a really really good assistant Greg Varney was really good, and. You're only as good as your help is, and that's why I've told Luke, I just want to be there to help you. I love coaching Ripley, and these kids have been great and stuff, and and help the kids just learn. I think one of my biggest things this year I've tried to work with kids is when things don't go well, you know, just help them realize that losing a game or missing a shot or a referee making a horrible call – Stuff or a call that you don't like. It's like it's not the end of the world. We've got you've got to learn to handle that and cope with it and move on. And, and I think we're doing a lot better with that. And, and just little things like that, as I see as my role, is you know, I do X and O's and, and I'm, I'm this as happy as I've been for a long time yeah. and stuff. And Luke's really made it a lot of fun and stuff. And, and I love being around these kids,
0: Coach. Before I let you go, I know a really important part of where you are today. Uh, you You talked about your battle with or with uh, cancer last year and uh you know how how taxing that was, but your family uh, how important your family is to you your two kids uh who are both great kids by the way uh you have a great support system at home and megan and and how she 's been there every step of the way for you at every uh coaching stop that you 've had how important without making this super emotional how important has has that been for you
3: um I mean, God has blessed me well more than I deserve. Um, and Megan was a great coach's wife when I was the head coach with the girls. She was like my administrative assistant when we took the trips to Florida and stuff. And uh, gosh sake, like she did so much for work in that and the concession stands and all. I mean, she was always there. And then um, raising the kids, and the kids, they were gym rats too. I mean, you know, I. When I did the girls' jobs, they—it's always been a family thing. And man, what? And I know they're my kids, and unless they're doing something I don't know about, I mean, what great kids! Yeah. Uh, never, never cause I'm mean, never ever one night I've ever had to worry about what Jameson's doing, yeah. or even Jalen. You know, they're just now Jalen's a redheaded female and <laughs> no stuff. Now, <laughs> but, but man, I mean, I love her to death. I mean, and it's great they're both at the same place. Yeah. Uh, Jalen had a good weekend this weekend. In Indianapolis playing softball didn't get a go because i not feeling well, but uh, I'm gonna be there at the rest of them and stuff and get to go to Jameson's game. Like I said, I mean, God has really blessed me and, and thank. Like we talk about my lung cancer last year, I mean I'm doing great right now. Uh, again, just a lot I appreciate. That's what I love about Ripley and even people in Ravenswood, this community is how many people would come up to me is like, man, we're praying for you. Our church is praying for you and. It's unbelievable how much, you know, sometimes people like you know, You hear kids say, I want to get out of Ripley. Well, you all don't want to appreciate, you know, what a small town yeah. can do and just the people. And like I said, God has just been so good to me and, and stuff. And my faith has even grown even more, which it should. But it's just been, uh, like I said, my, my coaching perspective has changed a lot and stuff, but yeah. it's still really important, a lot of fun. But like I said, my family is the most important thing in my life outside my my faith but man they just they're fun to be around we're together all the time and stuff so you know god's blessed me
0: well coach we're glad you're healthy we're glad everything has worked out with that we're glad you're on the bench with the vikings i think you're a great role model for them and uh, we just appreciate what you do and thanks for taking the time to do this interview
3: appreciate it. it's been fun
1: It's sectional tournament action for the Lady Vikings. They'll be traveling to Parkersburg South on Wednesday evening. South enters the game with a record of eight wins and 14 losses. Ripley has a record of 14 wins and seven losses. The Lady Vikings have won two of their last three games. They only had one common opponent on the season. Both the Patriots and the Lady Vikings posted wins over John Marshall. And Ruba had a moment to sit down and chat with Lady Viking
0: lead guard, junior Lauren Roush. Welcome back to Ripley High School. I'm joined now by Lady Viking Junior, Lauren Roush. Lauren, thanks for taking the time.
4: Thanks for having me.
0: Been a great season for you guys and hard to believe that the end is near, hopefully further than uh, we think, uh, but uh, last uh, last week was the last week of the regular season. Section will start this Wednesday, hard to believe.
4: It really is. Season has gone by so fast and it's been a really great season, drama-free. You know, we got hit by the flu and sickness, but, like, we really pushed through. And, you know, at the end, it gets – you know, the bickering can start. But you can't say that with our team. We're really close-knit, and we have – you always see smiles and have fun. And just still the effort's still there, and we're ready to play on Wednesday. And it's just going to be a good game, and we hope to continue to Friday.
0: Yeah, you got one uh, senior, Caitlin. I know you guys are really close with her. How motivated are you guys to keep the season going for her?
4: We're really holding on to Caitlin. We're really going to miss her. But, like, uh, we're a really competitive team. And, you know, I hate to lose and they hate to lose. And, you know, Coach Kennedy hates to lose. And he always says that um, losing is a learning opportunity. But we're ready to – we have a great game plan for Wednesday and we're ready to go out and compete and play and just – leave it all on the court, especially for our senior, um, Caitlin Sarver. And, you know, we always have somebody to play for because, you know, we have ex- uh, X-Man on the side of the court and we have um, our school to represent and we have Caitlin to represent too. So if we can't find somebody to play for, then we play for Caitlin.
0: What do you guys take from playing south this year, earlier in the year, uh, carrying over into this week? Do you, does it give you some confidence as you know what to expect more?
4: Um well, we, we didn't play south in the regular season, but, um, you know, I know Coach Kennedy spends a lot of time scouting and uh, I've even been a couple south games and it's just we're always ready and we have, always have a good game plan and we're going to go out and execute and I think it'll be a good game.
0: If you're able to get past that game, it guarantees you into the regionals play, which is going to give you one more game for seeding, and then you're into regional play. Um, talk about that! How much fun would that be to extend your season a little bit, get some more experience? Because next year is going to be a big year for you and, and your and your classmates.
4: Um, if we happen to win on Wednesday, uh, it, it's been a while since I think we've gotten out of the section, and it's our even towards the second sectional game it would be amazing to have that experience but also be guaranteed a game in regionals that hasn't happened in a while and it would be so uplifting to our team and it's like great to represent and especially as a junior you know we have that mentality like going in like you know like um but even if say we don't we even have that drive to get better next year and like i know that it's crazy this season is dwindling down but also like Taylor and I are going to be the seniors next year, and Maddie and Morgan. But it's crazy that we're the leaders now. And Coach always says that if the seniors seniors don't go, then the other team doesn't go. But if you go, we go. So,
0: Lauren, thanks for the time. Best of luck the rest of the way, and hope to, you guys can uh, advance out of the section, out of the region,
1: and uh, into the Civic Center.
4: Me too, and thanks for having me. <music>
1: Ripley will be sending six wrestlers to the AAA State Wrestling Tournament this week in Huntington. That includes 113-pounder Nate Cox, who enters with a record of 26 and 11. Brett Haskins is the wrestler at 120. He has a record of 30 and 14. Luke Miller at 132 pounds is 26 and 13 on the season. Austin Bogus at 195 is 37 and 6. Andrew Manley is the Viking representative at 220 pounds. And also representing
0: the Vikings, Matt Moore comes in at 7-5 and five on the season. He has missed a lot of the regular season due to injuries from football. Here's a conversation with Mike Rubin and Matt Moore.
1: All right. He's a, we're very proud to have him as a Viking, and he's about to become an Eagle, as we'll learn later in this interview. But, uh, Matt Moore, thanks for joining us today. Well, Thanks for having me, Rube. Matt, uh, you got a, sort of a late start on the uh, wrestling season, um, right out of, coming out of football season. Tell us, tell us about
5: that situation. So coming out of football this year, I mean, I, I felt like I had a pretty good season, but over the course of the year, I'd worked up a pretty good turf toe and a sprain in my foot. So I was still trying to get over that coming out of the season, and I went ahead to the orthopedic surgeon, and at that time, he told me that I needed to rest my foot. In order for it to heal or just be a nagging pain for the rest of my life so that took up almost half of the wrestling season for me this year so when was there actually your first wrestling practice and wrestling mat action so my first practice was right about the halfway point through the season and everybody else was in a lot better shape than i was because i just spent a lot of time sitting there doing push-ups whatever i could to stay in strength not necessarily shape and about four days after my first practice i wrestled my first match at university high school against parkersburg's heavyweight and uh... i wrestled horrible to be honest and i got pinned that match and the funny thing is i wrestled him over here at regionals i ended up beating him in that match so it felt good to win that
1: i'm sure now you're heading into the uh, state tournament and this is your first state tournament i guess that has to be pretty satisfying for you
5: yeah it's been a frustrating last two years wrestling heavyweight is a 205 pounder and 215 pounder and this year being a 235 pounder there's a big difference a lot more muscle mass on my body this year it's really given me an advantage against these bigger guys and uh, a big uh, shout out to coach Smith he's really got me in shape to where I need to be from where I started this year I'm getting revenge wins on guys that were beating me really bad at the beginning of the year for me and beating those guys in regionals. It just gives you all the confidence in the world to wrestle your best.
1: And, and Matt, I don't think it's any secret that our regional is the, the toughest wrestling regional in West Virginia. Oh,
5: yeah. It can really be argued that we have the toughest region. you got South, Barkersburg, Huntington, Hurricane, all of those teams in our region. It's, it's easy to say if you place in our region you have a really good chance of placing at the state tournament
1: now as these opposing wrestlers look at the uh, at your wrestling bracket and they see your record they may not be overwhelmed by your record but it's a little bit deceptive because of the situation you were placed in uh, due to the injuries
5: yeah my record right now is seven and five uh, two of those wins coming out of state against pretty good wrestlers and then the other wins were two of them were from guys i've beat since then In another one I probably won't see the kid again this year but I think I have a good chance of doing well at the state tournament. Matt wrestling is such a unique sport in that it's it's mano a mano you know one on one out there so
1: let's talk about when you're going out there it's it's the first period and you're looking across that match to your opponent. Uh, What is going through your mind as a wrestler and what is your
5: best wrestling strategy uh, going into a match? Well of course I'm wrestling uh, the 285 pound weight class and being 235 you're giving up fifty pounds to a lot of guys and um, coach franklin howerton he's been working with me a lot more lately on the strategies of keeping good leverage making sure that you're not getting too low on these bigger guys because once they get all your, their weight on you it's hard to get out being a smaller guy and um, being more aggressive has really helped me uh, bringing the fight to them, not necessarily taking the beating, that's really made a big difference this year for me.
1: Alright, and uh, we talked a a little bit in the the first part of the interview, Uh, you are a Viking and we're glad of it, but you're about to become an Eagle too. Uh, We we were so uh, glad to see on Facebook that uh, you're approaching Eagle Scout Scout, uh, status. Tell us about that.
5: So I've been in Boy Scouts since I was 10 years old, and it's been a really long journey. But yesterday, I started my Eagle Scout project and finished it. It was a sign for Cottageville welcoming people. And uh, we spent a couple hours working on that. And hopefully soon, I will be able to reach the rank of Eagle. And uh, that's been a goal I've had for seven years now.
1: So, Matt, I mean, uh, you had football season, wrestling season. What about you in the spring? Do you take some time off or will you go at it in something
5: else? So, usually during the spring... Ever since middle school, I've spent that time lifting and conditioning, getting ready for football season. Because honestly, football probably my most strong sport that I'm in. And um, but this year, I think that I'm going to do track and throw some because uh, that's a good way of keeping myself in condition, staying strong, and. Uh, I thought that was a good idea for this year.
1: That's great. Matt, best of luck to you down in Huntington for the state wrestling tournament and for track season as well.
5: I appreciate it, Rude.
0: That'll do it for episode 53. As always, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, we'll see you around. Remember, for all the news on the blue... Go anywhere you can find podcasts, search Viking 360, hit the subscribe button, and turn on your notifications.